skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Welcome to Living Skin, created by the skin experts at Dermalogica. My name is Beth Rialco with Global Education, and I am so excited to have you listen in with us today as I have a very special guest, the founder and chief visionary of Dermalogica and the International Dermal Institute, Jane Lowen. So welcome, Jane. Thanks, Beth. It's great to be here. We are so excited to have you with us today, and I think before we get going, a lot of our listeners may not necessarily know the backstory, the true story of Dermalogica um, and how we came about. So one of the things, just to kind of get a few dates out onto the books, is the, right, the International Dermal Institute was founded in 1983, mm-hmm. postgraduate education for that skin therapist to really hone in on their technique mm-hmm. and to elevate their education. Mm-hmm. But Dermalogica came about in 1986. Mm-hmm. So this really being over 30 years strong um, as a professional grade skincare brand, I think it's exciting for not only a professional who's listening or for, and our, our consumers alike to really get the, the story, the behind the scenes with you today and understanding who we are as a brand and how we came about. Mm. It's, listen, this is a, it's like a journey for me too because it's quite a thing to have, you know, had a career in the same industry all the way through and having had the enormous opportunity of emigrating to the United States. I'm originally from the UK, as you can probably hear. And, and being able to reflect back on it and saying, oh my goodness, when we were doing that, we didn't know that it was going to grow to this, although we visualized it. You know, you, you live that journey. So <clears throat> as in most entrepreneurial journeys, because at the end of the day, this is an entrepreneurial story as well as a story about skin health and skin care. Um, I started my career, going all the way back to that, I started my career at age 13 which is incredibly young, but I was working on a Saturday and I got a job in a local hair salon in the south coast of England where I grew up. And I was too young to be legally employed, so my job was basically laundry, getting lunches and doing whatever needed to be done in the salon. And I worked in that small salon all the way through high school. And when I left high school, I went straight to study skincare. I had fallen in love with the industry. I loved everything about it. I also saw that there was a unique opportunity to have a skill set in my hands that meant I could travel pretty much anywhere in the world where people had skin and I would be able to be employed, which is incredibly empowering when you know that you're not tied to an area geographically and you're also not limited by your age, for example. For me, it was like getting an opportunity that literally could could take me around the world, which is exactly what I wanted to do. So I went to study skincare. I did uh, a one and a half, two year program with an apprenticeship. 
Um, and I'm a big believer in apprenticeships. It's become part of my life purpose now is talking about that, and talking about this idea of the need for skill set training, because it's incredibly empowering and it's this, this piece of education that falls between a high school graduation and in, not instead of a university education, but it is a parallel path that gives you different opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I worked in, in the UK, I worked for Mary Quant of London as a makeup artist, it was a fantastic time, uh, but ultimately I emigrated uh, to South Africa and I lived there for four years, worked uh, there as a skin therapist and while I was there I got my teaching credential to be able to teach skincare. Along the same lines as the program that I had studied under, which was a 18 month to 24 month program. And then in 1983, the beginning of 1983, emigrated here with my partner and my business partner and my life partner, Raymond, emigrated to the United States. And what an opportunity. I mean, that is like getting the Willy Wonka golden <laughs> ticket in the chocolate bar because here you're coming to a country so dynamic, so such an entrepreneurial spirit, literally the American dream and huge population. And, and so it was just an unlimited opportunity. But the goal was not to start our own business. My goal was I was going to come and I was going to work in a salon. And I assumed there would be tons of skincare salons because there were in Europe and there were in South Africa. So of course there would be even more in America. So we landed in Los Angeles, California in uh, January, 1983 and realized very quickly there was a 10.4% unemployment rate. So it's really one of the highest in, in our history. And yet, never mind, because I had my skill set, I was going to be able to work because I had a, a great skill set as a skin therapist. So I started interviewing. And the first thing that struck me was there were very few skincare salons, which was a bit mysterious to me. However, the ones I found were mainly in Beverly Hills and they were owned by European women, French, Romanian, Czech, um, and German. So I went to interview and one of, the, one of the salons I went to interview at, I realized as I was waiting for my interview that everyone who was answering the telephone was American, as you'd expect. But as I watched the skin therapists coming out with their clients, their accents were European. And that struck me as odd. Why were there so many Europeans working in the back rooms and all Americans at the front desk? So during my interview, the owner asked me, you know, typical interview question, would you have any questions? And I said, yes. And I asked her why that was. And she said something, a sentence that probably was like a throwaway line for her, but to me it was game changing. She said, oh, it's really easy. Americans know how to sell, but they, their skincare training is shocking. And Europeans have great training, but they don't know how to sell. And I walked out of that interview and I walked up the street in Beverly Hills and I thought, what does, what does that mean? What does she mean that American training is bad? I had assumed the training was the same all over the world. That's how naive I was. And when I looked into it, because I had to get my license here in California and I already had enough hours, but I had to go and take the test. I realized very quickly it was a 600 hour training it was a license issued by the Consumer Protection Agency. It was not a skilled technical license, meaning it wasn't 
overseen by a governing body uh, as such as I had been used to with like city and guilds and the apprenticeship programs etc and so the gap was there was this rudimentary skill set in skincare and as a result American skin therapists were not able to build a successful client base and a successful business because they didn't have the skill set. And it was a light bulb moment because I was, um, I, I got my license and Raymond was then working for a skincare equipment manufacturer as a sales representative. And one time I got a call from a friend of mine years before I'd known him in London and he was then the spa director, hair and, and skincare for Lacoste Spa, Tony Ray, and he was amazing. And Tony called me and said, listen, I've just been given this job at Lacoste. I need you to come down and train 60 people because I'm looking at their skincare skills and they're not good. I went down to Carlsbad with Raymond. They bought all this new equipment, which was fabulous and did not know how to use it. But there was a huge appetite to learn. And we realized as we were there that I, I literally, we needed to upskill skin therapists. And on the journey back, the drive back from Carlsbad to Los Angeles, which is about two and a half hours, we realized the big opportunity was not me becoming a skin therapist here. It was me teaching skin therapists who were already licensed, upskilling them so that they had a skill set that matched a European qualification, a South African qualification, Australia, anywhere else in the world where we had a successful and strong industry. And in that two and a half hour drive, we wrote the business plan for the International Dermal Institute, which is what we called our training program and in December of 1983, we opened premises in Marina del Rey and we mailed out postcards to the state board mailing list of skin therapists who were then, the license was called a cosmetician. It's now called an esthetician, but I don't like the word, words that allude to beauty. I like words that allude to skin. So we called ourselves skin therapists and we began a training program which was to increase the skill set level of licensed skin therapists and make them more successful. And that's exactly what happened. My students were coming back and saying, oh my gosh, I can wax the bikini line in four minutes. I now can build my <laughs> waxing clientele. They'd never even done a bikini line wax in school. Uh, I now know how to analyze the skin correctly. I now know how to deliver a really great skin treatment. I'm getting results on acne. My clients are coming back. They're sending me their friends. Everything is great. And it was just about the most exciting moment in my whole career because it wasn't just about showing how much I had learned. I'd been blessed with a great training. It was about empowering other women. And I say women because 98% of skin therapists were and are women. And we have, of course, fantastic male skin therapists, but this is an industry dominated by women. So this idea of empowering women was very important to me. And very quickly, the students were saying, you know, I, I was asking them, what, do, what products do you sell to your clients? Do you retail? And most of them were saying, we don't sell any products. I said, well, what, how are you making your income? Well, just on the service. Well, as anyone realizes, I think, that if you are reliant only on your service income, you're gonna cap out, you're gonna max out once you're fully booked at say, let's just say eight clients a day, 
of an hour and a bit each, you're already working a 10, 11 hour day, you're maxed out. You can't do more than that. You've immediately capped your potential. So from a business point of view, as an entrepreneur, you have to look at your business model and you have to say, where is my revenue stream? And it has to be a mixture, a balance of service and retail. But my students were saying to me, well, we don't retail. I mean, you know, we, we give services. And they were modeling their business on a hairdressing model, which is 90% service and 10% retail, which isn't the skincare model because we take longer to give a treatment and we do less, you know, fewer clients in a day. So I was encouraging them to retail product and to recommend product to their clients that was professional grade. And they were saying to me, well, what product should we use? And I had to scratch my head and say, well, what are you using now? And the ones that were using products were importing it from Germany, Italy, France, and you know, paying all this high amount of money because it was coming in with import taxes, etc. And I said, well, why aren't you using an American-made skincare line? And they said, which one? And I had to say, I don't know one. Because you have to understand at that stage, we're talking pre-internet, there were three channels that you could buy skincare products in. There was a drugstore, which was mass. There were department stores, which was luxury prestige. And there were salons that were professional. And there was some direct selling, some catalog selling, but those were the main channels. So consumers, clients could only get their products from one of those three areas. How could there not be an American made professional skincare line, mm -hmm. when we had so many hair care products that were available through salons. And I'd worked for Redken in South Africa, which is a professional hair care line, and I'm thinking, this is crazy. And of course, the light bulb moment is, it was about a product. And Dermalogica, therefore, was not our first instinct. We didn't establish the business to start a product line. We established the business to solve an issue in education and training. And then what became very apparent as we were teaching business skills and how, what the business model should be and how to make each one of these skin therapists successful, it was very obvious they needed a product line that would set them apart from anything in the market, that would be designed for a professional skin therapist, that would be based on our needs in the treatment room and the needs that we saw in our clients' skins, and that was Dermalogica. And so in January of 1986, we launched the product line Dermalogica. It was just about the most exciting year of my life. We launched at a trade show in Long Beach in January. We really hoped that we would open 10 accounts in the three days of the trade show. We thought that would be great. We opened 10 accounts in the first three hours. And it was my students coming up and saying, if you're involved and, and Raymond's involved, I'm in. And it was this validation. We were all on an incredible journey together. And that birthed the product line Dermalogica. And that was a game changer for the industry, a life changer for me personally, and an industry changer because of the level of skill set and the idea that professional skin therapists could own and manage highly successful businesses and have a product line that was quite simply transformational in every regard. And I think it's a really good point that you brought up that it, it became, it was an educational company first, mm -hmm. you know, and then the product line came, came afterwards. And I think that's 
such a, a strong point to not only a, a therapist, but even you know a consumer who's using the product because of the education that comes behind and with yes. the products that they're using. We, we always have, have said that we are an educational company with a great product. We're not a product company that has good education. And we carved our reputation in the professional industry. Consumers didn't necessarily know who we were because we weren't advertising. We've never taken consumer print advertising, but we were changing the industry from the inside out. And so every product was designed with this educational approach. And I've always had a commitment to the industry that I'm not, we're not going to introduce a product that you can't be proud to recommend to your client and that you can't explain to your client exactly how and why it works. There's no such thing as a miracle in a jar. I'm not gonna ask you to say, this is a secret recipe from my Bulgarian grandmother and I can't tell you anything about it. That is a mythological approach to skincare. We were about fact and purpose and education and I said to every one of our skin therapists, you have to be able to hold the product in your hand and defend it. And in that, that means that you have incredible trust in what we're going to say. We, we cannot let you down. We will not let you down. We're not gonna sell you smoke and mirrors and ask you to defend it. You're going to have great products that perform. Mm -hmm. And if the product's not great, we're not going to launch it. And if it doesn't perform, we're going to rework it or we'll discontinue it because it has to hit that standard. Because at the end of the day, if a client is coming to a skin therapist and they're receiving a treatment and they're taking home product and it doesn't deliver, well, why on earth would they ever come back? So there's an enormous responsibility as a professional skin therapist to know that I can tell my clients in all good honesty and faith, this is what this product will do. And there's a 100% you know, guarantee that if it's not, if you're not happy with it, bring it back. We want to make it right, because the goal is not to sell a product. The goal is to bring the skin to its optimum level of health and condition. This is not about beauty. You know, when we developed the product, Beth, it was very important to me, the ingredients. This is now 1985 when we were developing the formulas to launch in January of 86. And this was like a dreamscape. I could design the product in all the things that I knew were right for the skin. So we were the first company to eliminate mineral oil, lanolin, uh, SD alcohol, formaldehyde, artificial color, uh, artificial fragrance. We used no jars. We packed everything into tubes and bottles with, with nozzle tips. So you couldn't like scoop your product back into the jar or back into the bottle. We had contamination-free packaging. It was really the first cosmeceutical brand because we had products that were cosmetics, cleansers, toners, moisturizers, but we also had uh, over-the-counter drugs, medications for our acne clients and sunblocks, which are automatically in over-the-counter uh, drug registration. So this was a hybrid between a cosmetic and a pharmaceutical. And this had never been seen before. The packaging was gray and white. It was pharmaceutical looking. It didn't look like a beauty product because it wasn't a beauty product. It's never been about that. It's not about pampering or luxury or indulgence. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I find all those terms, you know, sexist and, and inappropriate for skin health. Mm -hmm. 
And because it was being designed by me, I was able to have free reign, which was fantastic. So we designed this product and even the name. I wasn't gonna call it after my own name, which you know, because <laughs> it's just not, that's not who I am. I wanted something that said, it makes sense. And I said to Raymond, you know, we had to, we wanted our brand name. And I, he said, well, how would you describe it? And I said, well, it makes sense for the skin. You know, it's like skin sense. It's like logical. And Raymond came up with the name, you know, first of all, it was dermalogical. And I said, well, that's, that's long. And then suddenly Ray said, what about dermalogica? And I said, yeah, it sounds Latin. And I like that and it's perfect because derma meaning skin and logica meaning sense and, and making sense and, and that was the line and, and so when people were first getting to know the product, you know, it's a, we always laugh about it, don't we, at Dermalogica, they say Dermatologica, I started saying it's Dermalogica and the T is silent, you know, because, but that's okay, I mean, it was a name that people had to get used to, it didn't, it was unusual and now I'm really proud to say that since Dermalogica, uh, it would be almost impossible to launch a product using the ingredients that we were the first to eliminate because it's now our formula standard has become the standard for the industry mm -hmm. and it's not unusual at all to have a product that sounds like a pharmaceutical and I'm proud of that. I think it's one of our greatest legacies. And so when we launched Dermalogica, we designed it for the professional skin therapist. We have a whole suite of products that are only used in the treatment room by the skin therapist, which most clients, most consumers don't even know about. I mean, they would love to probably get their hands on those products, but they're designed for a licensed professional to use. And then we had our retail suite of products that were designed to maintain the benefits of a professional skin treatment at home, and also for a client to use those products to bring their skin to its optimum level of health and condition. And I think that's a really good point for, for us to even to to kind of reiterate that you know it's it's not luxury, it's not beauty, it's about you know the top priority is for the overall skin health mm -hmm. for the client, and the personalization mm -hmm. that goes into that from a dermatologic skin therapist to their client mm -hmm. is so key because it's personalized every step of the way mm -hmm. um, by a professional, and then they know when they go home like. This skincare was created for me, for, for my skin health and yeah. for my concerns as well. I think, I think it is um, unreasonable to expect that there are really very, there are very few uh, people who use Dermalogica that will be following the exact same routine because it's not a cookie cutter product line. It is a bespoke product line, meaning it is customized for your skin. And the skin is a living organ of the human body. It's the largest organ of the human body and it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, skin is responsive, it is emotional. I mean, anytime people say to me, well, you know, the, what's going on on the inside doesn't reflect on the skin, of course it does. Otherwise, somebody has to explain blushing to me. I mean, you can have a thought and it changes your skin's inflammatory response and the skin becomes warmer because the skin becomes infused with blood because you were embarrassed at what you just thought. So if a thought can influence the skin, imagine what you eat and what you breathe yeah. and how you behave does as well. So 
it's not just about designing the right skincare program for you, your skin today. It's about being able to adapt it, adjust it, customize it, tweak it, because our skin changes every day. Absolutely. All the way through the month, our skin is changing. And all the way through each season, our skin is changing. And all the way through our life, our skin is changing. So it, it has to be an approach just like your nutrition, just like your your physical exercise, it has to be able to adjust it, adjust and adapt and 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 become customized to you every day that you're using skincare products. And the goal, because we're an education company, is to really bring the client along on the journey of education. I want you to understand your skin. I want you to know your skin. I want you to be able to do this customization yourself at home so that you think, well, I'm going to layer my skin hydrating booster underneath my skin smoothing cream today because my skin is a little dehydrated. Oh no, I now I feel a little bit super dry because I'm in Los Angeles with dry winds in the fall. I'm going to layer my skin hydrating booster and then I'm going to mix a little bit of my phyto replenishing oil into my skin smoothing cream and layer that on. I mean, this is, we're like mixologists. And it's a little bit like the same as you, you know, you're mixing up your juice or you think, well, what do I want to put in today? Well, I think I need this today. I need a little more energy today. I need a little more calming today. This is a living organ and we have to be able to adjust to it. And that was the foundation of Dermalogica. When we launched in 1986, we only had 27 products and it was all about light layers of hydration, not one heavy cream that you slap on and everyone uses the same cream at night and it's all the same consistency, no matter where you live in the world or how old you are or what your skin is like. That's crazy. We developed it's kind of like when you go to cold weather and you're layering and then you delay when you go to warm weather. We designed the product to be customized. It's professional grade skincare because it's designed for professionals to recommend and use and, and, uh, and endorse. However, it is highly customizable by the client at home as well. Mm. And so making a commitment to Dermalogica is kind of like making a commitment to your own education and making a commitment to understand your skin and your skin is completely unique to you. It's not like anyone else's and your skin moves and changes and shifts just like your whole body does all the way through your life and it's a it's an exciting journey. And it really, you know, it is and it's just, it's, it's actually too, it's like you think about the whole lifestyle and how everything changes. It's like having a product that should adapt to your lifestyle not trying to fit your lifestyle into a one size fits all right exactly you know so it's it's really that customization and you know understanding you know when you should use it and how you should use it and you know the cleanser that was recommended for my best friend is not ideally going to be for my skin and I think that's that's one of the many, you know, key dermalogica differences. Yes, and you're not on the journey alone because the unique piece of dermalogica is our foundation, our tribe is the professional skin therapist around the world in over 100 countries. We train 100,000 skin therapists every single year in their own education and how to recommend a new product. Now, 
for the consumer, you're never alone on this journey. You're not, you don't have to be confused as to how do I use this and how do I, when do I use it? A professional skin therapist is with you to be able to help you. And it's either the professional skin therapist that you go to as a client, as receiving services, or any one of our Dermalogica-trained skin therapists around the world, or our Dermalogica experts, which are the most highest level of training. We are there to help you on the journey, that you never have to be confused about how to use the product, or if it's the right product for you, or how do you adjust it. We're there. I mean, we, we say at Dermalogica, Dermalogica is spoken 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, somewhere in the world. And of course, through technology, you can access an opportunity to speak to somebody pretty much any time of the day or night. It's so exciting to to have this story brought to light for our, our listeners and for everyone to, to definitely understand the, the brand and where we are, where we've come from, the journey that we're going on right now and taking the therapist and the consumer with us um, as well. If you could, could you finish this thought? Um, healthy skin is... Mm. Healthy skin is personal. It, it is the optimum level of health and condition for your skin. Every one of us has had a different journey. Every one of us has got different genetics. Every one of us has a different climate and environment. And I think it is wrong to define healthy skin as, oh, her skin or their skin, or maybe it's a celebrity skin. Your skin is individualized to you and the goal of healthy skin is to bring your skin to its optimum level of condition and performance that means it's resilient it means it's protective of you it means that it is even toned it means that it is able to perform its function as a barrier protection from the outside world I think at its optimum peak it's it's luminous I think it reflects your emotions and I think ultimately it is the most perfect packaging that any of us have. Well, that was perfectly said. So, <laughs> yes. Um, Jane, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here today and, and sharing the story of Dermalogica. We can't wait to have you back and talk more about skin and business and entrepreneurship. So thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much, Beth. It's an honor to be your colleague. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. You can find us on iTunes and the podcast section of Google Play Music. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. For more information, visit Dermalogica.com. And until next time, thank you for listening.